Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to preach to you, with God's help always, a message entitled, Light Up the World. Light Up the World. And this past uh, week, we had an eclipse. And it's funny, I, I told Spencer, as I was like sharing with him the heart of my message, and uh, using this illustration about the eclipse, I looked at the first song that we were going to sing this morning. It's like, oh, we look to the sun. <laughs> There's a bit of humor in that. Uh, because during the eclipse, everyone was buying these glasses. And I have a picture here of, of some glasses that I thought were pretty creative. Eclipse. It's, uh, it's actually a, a brand of gum. And some genius said, let me cut out some glasses. <laughs> And uh, I'll, I'll look at the sun this way. Um, so you might remember that. Uh, but there are groups of people gathering for this phenomenon. And I think they said the next one that we will get to witness is in 2024. And apparently Toronto will have a good view of this one. But it's, it's an interesting, and I heard someone post a video about this, that as people, think of the picture, people gathering together to look up to the sun, S-U-N, But as Christians, as brothers and sisters, today, as we've gathered, what do we do? We gather to look up to the S-O-N, the sun. And I know it could be a cheesy cliche, but I'd rather look to that light than just the sun that keeps me warm. And if I stay too long, I get a nice burnt, crisp head. But it's a wonderful picture of, of what life should be for the believer. It's We can't do it on our own. We look up to the sun for help. Jesus. And if you have your Bible, would you turn to Genesis chapter 1? Right in the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. It's so in the beginning that it's actually hard to turn there. And if you would stand for the reading of God's word today. Genesis chapter 1. We'll begin reading at verse 1. And here's what it says. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And here's what it says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Lord, I pray that we would understand the usefulness of the light of the world. And God, not only that, but how you've called us to be that light now. And so, Father, I pray as your church, we would shine that light ever so brightly so we may light up this world for your name's sake. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may have a seat this morning. In Genesis 1, God spoke the word and light was created. He spoke the word. 
and light was created. And then our Bible tells us that was the first day. I listened to last Sunday's message uh, that Pastor DiStallo preached on the three trees. What a great uh, message that was. And I was actually blessed and it ministered to me. So a side note. Um, if you miss a Sunday because of your work schedule or because it was summer, you can go back and you can listen to hours of sermons that we've preached uh, from this very p- pulpit. And I encourage you to get the Word of God in you. So we made that available. If you are on iTunes, you can just easily search for that. Um, we have to still update that part of the website because it's brand new. But um, if you look at the website, you'll just find up to March. But if you search in iTunes... And you simply search Weston Road Church, you will find all of the sermons there. I just encourage you to get the word in you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And so, God spoke light into existence. In the Bible in Genesis 1 said, before that, it was just darkness. There was just darkness. God created the light, and He said it was good. And in John 8, verse 12, jumping to the New Testament... Jesus speaking now, he says this, John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You'll have the light that leads to life. So the light leads me to life. And Jesus was declaring something important in in John. There are the seven I am statements. Well, one of them is, I am the light of the world. Why is it important to have the light of the world? Well, without Him, Jesus, the light of the world, we would stumble in the darkness. And so, I thank God that He gave us the light of the world, Jesus. And so, point number one, if you're taking notes, uh, we're going to look at Jesus as the light. Jesus as the light. And if you have your Bible still, turn with me now to John chapter 1. As I want to dig into Scripture a little more with you. John chapter 1. And we'll begin reading at verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Okay, half of you. I'm just going to wait four seconds. Three, two. I'm going to ask again. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Now, if you're awake, say hallelujah. (laughs) All right, most of you this morning. John chapter 1, verse 1 says this. In the beginning, the Word already existed, that being Jesus. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. And God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Verse 10, he came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. 
He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. It's a wonderful passage that we read because we already read John 8, 12, where Jesus declares, I am the light of the world. And that verse ended by him saying, because um, you will have light that leads to life. John chapter 1 echoes in a long form what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12. And it goes on to explain to, to us as the readers now, that he is a part of creation. He had his hand in it from the beginning. And the best part for me is verse 5, when it says that this light can never be extinguished. The light can never be extinguished. And it shines in the darkness. I think of that song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was... Lost while blind, but now I see, right? Lost, found, blind, see. Why? The light of Christ. Saul, in the book of Acts, was persecuting Christians. And he was right there at the stoning of Stephen. And he was on his way to Damascus, and he saw a great light. In fact, he was blind for three days. He either ate nor drank. And he was confused because he didn't understand what was happening. And he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he had an encounter with Jesus, the light of the world. And his life was never the same again. And in fact, then he was called Paul. He was referred to as Paul. And he went from persecuting Christians to helping the cause of Christ and to being a great apostle who wrote a greater part of the New Testament that we have today as the church. Why? He had an encounter with light. He thought he was doing good because he was religious. He was, he was well versed. He knew the law. And that's what he was enforcing. But then he met grace through Jesus Christ. He once was lost, but now he was found, was blind. But now... now Paul was able to see again. And, and I love how Jesus does that. Yes, he did it for Saul, Paul, but he can do it for you and for me. And in fact, if you're here and you identify as, as a child of God, as a believer, you've been saved, Jesus is your Savior, that's your testimony too, that you once saw the light. You saw the light. Because once I was in darkness, I was blind, lost in my own sin, but God. I saw the light and now I see. And what does the light do? It exposes everything that I've done. Right? Search me, O Lord. Know me. You know everything about me. The light exposes everything that you've done up until this point. Good or bad. But here's the thing. When it's dark and you, you put light, even if it's a little light, to the darkness, guess what? The light shines bright. And how do I know? Because I love taking pictures of my children as they sleep. The room is nice and dark and I go there with my iPhone. You can have your flash on three settings on your phone. Off, 
on or automatic, guess what I do? On. And I, I go and I say, you wake me up at 5 in the morning, I'm going to wake you up at 11 p.m. And I'm going to take some pictures of you while you sleep. And you look so cute. And guess what? That light, that picture comes out pretty clear. Why? Because that little flash lights up the whole room. Lights up my son or my daughter, now our new baby, eventually, when I start doing it to him. And I get a picture of what they look like in the dark. That's what it's like when, when the light of Christ shines on your life. You could be surrounded in the darkest day. But when the light of Christ shows up, everything starts to change. Jesus is the light of the world, he said. John chapter 8, verse 12. He's a part of creation. He, he knows everything about you. He's the light of the world. But we see a, a progression to that thought. He's the light of the world. Just a few things before I go to my next point. Verse 4 says, The Word gave, gave life to everything that was created. So if you are here, you have breath in your lungs, you are created. He gave life to you already. His life brought light to everyone, it says. And verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. This is why the light is so powerful and important. And the light is Christ, because He will never lose. And He can never be extinguished, because light always trumps the darkness. And here's the, the reality is the responsibility of being light now has been transferred to every believer on the earth today. Did you know that? There's a responsibility that you and I have, not just to make it into heaven. We have a responsibility to be salt and light, the Bible says. Salt and light. Salt, the God seasoning or flavor on the earth. Or else if we lose it, we are like sand. That is good for, I mean, maybe someone to step on, go to, go to vacation, go to the beach. But salt has, has much value when it has its flavor. And I preached a message last year on that. Maybe we need to revisit that. But I don't want to talk about salt today. I want to talk about our responsibility as light. See, Jesus in John eight twelve said, I am the light of the world. But now in Matthew 5, he's going to say something different. And let's look at that together. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16 says this. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. So in the same way... Let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Why? So that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You see, Jesus is transferring the responsibility to the church today. You are the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. But now His Holy Spirit is here in us. The church is the reflection of Jesus Christ to this world today. And we are the light of the world. We carry that responsibility. And I don't know this morning if you knew that. And if you're a new Christian and this is the first time you heard this, don't be overwhelmed. 
And I want to share with you in just a second why it's not, it's not something to be afraid of, although the light is great power. It's a wonderful responsibility. But we have to understand our limitations as humans. So the church is the light of the world. And I'm not a good joke teller, so I know this is already a bad joke. But the church is the light of the world, I've heard it said. And unfortunately, like all lights, it attracts bugs. Some of you will get it. But it's okay. Pastor David last week had one of those jokes. He said it's not about the, ap- uh, the apple on the tree, but the pear on the ground. And I remember he said, think about it, some of you. Take a moment. I, I was driving and I had to think about it, but I understood. The pear on the ground, for those of you who you like the cliffhanger, what was it? It's not an actual P-E-A-R pear. It's the pear, meaning Adam and Eve on the ground. Ah, the light went off. It's not so much about the apple on the tree, but the pear on the ground. This sin is our, our fault, our problem, not the, not the apple on the tree. So side note. So un, unfortunately, the church is the light of the world, but unfortunately, like all lights, it attracts bugs. It's just a side joke. I, again, everyone who's visiting today, we love you, and we're happy that you're here. Um, but, but this example of light intrigues me greatly because I love light. I love, there are cool light bulbs you can get where you can see the wire and it glows like this nice warm tone. And I love it. I love looking at light. I love the colors of light. I love how you can like light up a room with different colors and backdrops at weddings nowadays. The head table is real fancy, and you just see all these beautiful, it's like a palette that they can make the room look any color and make, have any mood uh, that, that you desire. And I looked at light bulbs a little more because I had so much time this week, right? The incandescent light bulb. In the presence of oxygen, the tungsten filament, which is that thin thread-like wire that when the bulb is off, if you look at it, when, or when the bulb breaks, you, you shake it to see, oh yeah, it's, it's not good anymore. That's the, the wire that we see. It's called the, the tungsten filament. And in the presence of oxygen, that wire would burn up right away in a matter of seconds because of the high temperature of the light. A glass bulb then is used to keep oxygen away from the filament. Oftentimes, they put argon, the gas, in the bulb as well um, to, to just keep it from ever burning up. And that's why when we flick on the light, it works. It, or else I saw, you, you can search this on YouTube and see a video where the guy removes the glass and all you have is the filament. And it, within seconds, it just it lights up and it burns up that quickly because oxygen has an influence on what happens. Why am I saying all this? Well, there are three advantages that make glass perfect for lighting. The first one is that glass is very cheap and easy to get, number one. But number two, glass has a very high light transmittance and melting point. So the light can still shine through very easily and the glass itself won't melt with the heat. So it's important to understand that. And then thirdly, glass can be any shape you want And this feature makes us have so many beautiful decorative lighting nowadays. You can get bulbs in different shapes, sizes, and do all kinds of different things. And I'm not even going to touch on LED lighting 
That's a whole other story. But the incandescent light bulb, the one that has this filament running through it. Now you see, the light gets to this temperature that it'll just burn up. And we would keep replacing it and replacing it. It has to have this housing called glass. This glass housing. The same way, in the same way. Did you know that we house the light that Jesus talked about? We are that container for the light of the world. We are that, just like the bulb keeps the light and allows it to shine. It's our responsibility as bearers of God's light to let it shine ever so brightly. And to explain that a little more, I'm not going to use my thought or opinion about it. The Word always has enough to say. So in 2 Corinthians, if you have your Bible still, chapter 4, listen to what it says in verse 6 and 7. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, right? We read it, Genesis chapter 1, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile jars of clay containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. You see, just like a light bulb is fragile and can break, did you know that this earthen vessel, this, this clay jar is easily broken too? I am just a human. But the, the, the great thing to understand is the light and the power that is in us is not our own. So it, it is a powerful light. And it has a powerful purpose. But here's what I said. If you're new and this is daunting, the responsibility of carrying the light. Here's the beautiful thing. The Word of God already tells us that we are just earthen vessels. We are cracked pots. Not crack pots. Cracked pots. Just in case some of you, you know, have a hard time waking up this morning. We are cracked pots. Earthen vessels. I leak the light, the, the Holy Spirit. You know, I want to be filled with His Holy Spirit, but I leak because I have cracks. And that's why I have to continuously make sure that I'm continually being filled with His Holy Spirit. The light, it can shine really bright or it can be very dim. Can I get a witness? I want to show you an example. Here's my phone that I talked about. I learned not to keep it in my pocket because Siri will, will respond while I preach. But with this iPhone, I have three light settings. So I can go low. I can go medium. I don't know if you could see that. I can go bright. Now, it's harder to notice it. Why? Because this room is all lit up. There's a lot of light already. But guess what? In a dark room... When I put it on bright, it's really bright. And in fact, my son woke up once when I was trying to take a photo. And he's like, Dad, what are you doing? And I was like, sorry. Uh, that was the bright one. And uh, I think I was looking for something. That time I wasn't taking a photo. But the reality is, we can change the intensity of the light. And in our life, it's the same way. 
you can shine bright or it can begin to dim. And I want to be very clear today that we are bearers of His light and He wants us to shine ever so brightly. We read it in the Word. Don't, no one lights a lamp to put it under a bushel. My, my mother-in-law was doing tomatoes last week. She had all these bushels or baskets filled with tomatoes. And I could just picture taking a candle, lighting it up, but, but covering it up. What's the point? Some of us live like that. And, and really we take this wonderful power that God has given us, but we contain it in a basket. And we say, well, I'll let someone else shine the light. And I'll, it's, you know, I'm, I'm just dealing with stuff. I want you to know that the light has to shine in every season of life, in the good and in the bad. We are called to shine the light of Christ. And so the church, we said number one, Jesus is the light. We've been talking now, number two, the church is the light. Or you can say, we are the light, if you are a believer today. We talked about how we are flawed in that this is just a container. You know, in seeing my grandmother... Um, I got to FaceTime with her at one in the morning. Just, you know, as she, she had barely one eye left open. But we can still hear her breathing. My sister rushed from Ontario immediately to get there. Just, just enough time just to speak a few more words. And I said, Nana, I love you. Thank you for everything that you've taught us. Thank you for showing us, uh, for giving us mom. For all of, you know, like... It was just, didn't know what else to say except thank you for everything that you've invested. Thank you for the legacy that you've left for us. And, and that was it. So this is just a container, church. This body, like we look good. We go to the gym sometimes and we feel like, oh, I'm, I'm Iron Man. But we have to understand that this, this time on earth is but a moment. And my encouragement to all of us today, and this is, I'm preaching to myself too, is make every moment count. If we have this incredible light, let it shine during the good and the bad, the, the easy and the hard, because this is what He's given us as a responsibility. I'm a father. When life gets hard, I, I can't neglect my responsibility. When I'm tired, I can't neglect my responsibility as a father. My, my kids depend on me. In the same way, being bearers of this wonderful light is our responsibility. So we must let it shine. Can somebody say amen today? Amen. And then thirdly, Jesus is the light. We looked at the church as the light. And thirdly, there's an opponent, a faithful opponent, who used to be the light. And his name is Lucifer. And did you know that before Satan was cast out of heaven, that was his name, Lucifer. It means son of the morning, or bright star, or bearer of light. And I know that his role in heaven was, he was the choir director. And I believe that he would awaken all of heaven with the sound of praise. But Lucifer, that name means bearer of light. So he was bringing light to the morning. Think about it. He was cast out of heaven. So he lost his position. We don't even really refer to him as Lucifer. 
but as Satan, the devil, last week, Pastor David's message, the serpent in the Garden of Eden. And we have to understand that he is a faithful opponent. So even on the day where we're feeling a little, uh, not really feeling it today, maybe today was a hard, you know, to get to church, it was hard. You really had to convince yourself to get up and come. But know that there's a faithful opponent and he, all he wants you to do, you know, we think of the worst scenario, car wreck, uh, all of this crazy stuff. But I think his strategy is very simple. If we are the light of the world, we are to shine brightly. If he said, I can just get them to shine a little less brightly today. And then tomorrow, a little less. And then the third day, even dimmer than that. And before you know it, what once used to light up the darkness can barely light the path for your feet anymore. It's important to understand, church, that we have a faithful opponent. And I don't want to give him the devil airtime, but we have to understand. Sometimes we think it's in the, in the big tragedies where the devil is most at work. But what I've come to know is it's in the everyday that if he can just get you a little more distracted and a little busier and a little more your eyes are off of God and more on your circumstances, then the light which maybe should or used to shine bright is now just barely even there or present. And it's important to know why. So that we do our part to make sure it shines brightly. And I want to share that with you. I'm going to ask if the band would come back and just get ready um, to lead us in one last song as we close. Lucifer, bearer of light, morning star. And so here's the encouragement. I'm going to tell you in a second how you can recharge yourself so the light shines. But I want to share with you this. When you walk in a dark room, This is an illustration for life. When you walk into a dark room, most of us, by habit, know exactly where the light switch is. You don't have to think about, oh, where is it again? If If you've lived in a home long enough or you've worked in an office long enough, you know exactly where the switch is. So you could walk in the dark room, and and when you flick on the light, I would be very surprised if every time you walk up to that light switch... You're trying to guess, when I flick this, is the light going to turn on or is it going to stay dark? If I, when, I, when I do this, is it going to work? None of us think like that. We walk into the room, we flick on the light, and light always trumps darkness. Amen? When there's the presence of light, there's the absence of darkness. Did you know the definition of darkness? is simply this, the absence of light. Darkness is simply the absence of light. And today, we are reminded there's a reason why we are still on the earth, church. We are to be salt and light. But today I'm emphasizing light as our responsibility. And I understand the ideology of saying it's a dark and sinful world pastor jonathan it's hard to shine the light no it's quite the opposite 
because it's so dark it's so easy you just have to let the light shine and my question today is are you willing are you willing to let the light shine wherever you are one more example before i get to telling you how we can let the light shine ever so bright most days when i'm driving into church to go to the office i go to the mcdonald's on finch and thankfully my wife's not here because she doesn't like it when i spend money and buy a coffee but they know me really well <laughs> and normally when i get to the order window I'm, i usually have a sermon on or I have the worship blasting hint hint that's how you get the light to shine brighter you stay in the presence of god so i usually turn it softer so i can you know speak She's, what's that praise what we don't offer praise at mcdonald's no 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 that was the sermon so usually i just turn it really low i can order my coffee i get to the next window the first window i pay and i still say hi her name is rowena i've seen her for four years that's a lot of coffee i know and what happens is this past week instead of turning down the sermon at the last window where they give me the coffee I actually turned it up I don't know why but I just said this this is a good message I don't want to miss it and maybe whoever's at the window will will take notice for some reason I cranked it louder and I was just listening and so her window opens she hands me the coffee and for a brief second he must have said in the name of Jesus or something like she goes, is that a preacher and I said yes uh, and I, I had a hard time hearing because now the radio was the the preaching was loud and then she was trying to talk to me so then I lowered it I said yes actually I'm a pastor I've been coming to your McDonald's for four years I've seen your face just a few times and she goes where's your church I said just right down the street she goes oh wow I live right in the apartment building like from the takeout window of the drive-thru she's like that one right there facing McDonald's on Finch and uh I said, yeah, we're meeting in the school, Emory Collegiate right now. And she said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come one of these Sundays uh, when I have that uh, time in my schedule that free to come. And I thought, that was easy. I didn't even have to preach a message to somebody. I've seen her. I don't know her name. I, like the, the girl at the first window, I know her by name. She knows as soon as she hears my voice on the uh, order microphone she knows she goes oh, okay I, I know exactly the rest of your order so it's coffee and a muffin with two butters on the side again don't tell my wife unless you feel you have to that's okay she, she can find out any day she wants if she just asks me but here's the truth all it took to shine the light a little brighter in that moment didn't take a sermon it just took me saying hey i'm gonna put this sermon a little louder i have no idea why i did it and i didn't intend for her to hear it i just wanted to continue listening but god uses all things all circumstances he works for the good and here's the thing as we close i'm gonna i invited the band to sing i want to share with you four controllable properties of light four controllable properties of light Number one, intensity. The intensity speaks of how bright the light can shine. If you have a dimmer switch in your home, you know that you can turn it up or you can dim it right down to an intimate setting for dinner perhaps. But we have the responsibility to turn it ever so brightly. 
How do we do that? By spending time in his presence. My son got a glow-in-the-dark Spider-Man t-shirt. I'm like, glow-in-the-dark t-shirt? Like, why? But here's the thing. We went into the bathroom because it's the only room with no windows in our house. And so we looked. It wasn't that bright. And I said, son, I have an idea. Again, I took my iPhone. I put the light to the brightest setting. And literally, as if I was like scanning his chest with the light, I was like passing it like it was like a radar or something, a lightsaber. And all of a sudden, as I would begin to pass over, the the neon glow-in-the-dark part started to shine even brighter like this nice bright green now and he's like whoa dad it really works it's amazing so how do we shine brighter than before spend time with Jesus because he is still the light of the world spend time in his presence get closer to him that's why we sing these songs I just want to be where you are there's nowhere else I'd rather be so spend time with him so we can control the brightness of the light. Number two, the distribution. And the distribution of light speaks of, yes, its source, where it comes from and where it's headed, but especially the direction it comes from. And so know that the, the distribution, it doesn't emanate out of me because it's, it, it's me. It's in me because of Christ. So that's, that's how it distributes. The more I'm connected to Christ, the brighter that light gets, and the more I can distribute to others. So that's number two. And number three, there's color. Light has different shades, different colors. And that to me speaks of the diversity of the body of Christ. Because I shine my light in one part where I have influence, but you have influence in different parts that I have no influence over. Because I don't walk through the doors of your workplace or your school necessarily. So that you have an opportunity yourself to influence those around you. That's, that to me speaks of the color. We can control because we're all different. And yes, we can control the shade like I talked about. But to me, it speaks of the diversity of who you are, who God made you to be. And you are uniquely created for His purpose today. Let your light shine. Different size of bulbs too, like we have on the picture. And then lastly is movement. The movement of light. If you've ever been to a worship concert or a secular concert, they have lights that move. They have lights that serve different purposes. But there is movement that is also an element that we can control about light. And it illuminates different parts of the room. You know, we have stage lights that are built into the school here. Some of them were shining. If I stand here, you see it right about here and I wanted to avoid the glow on my head so I kept walking around it but it illuminates this part of the room but there's a light that needs to shine that hits the back of the room that has to hit the side over here that has to hit this part over here near the altar there's a light that has to shine in your home there's a light that has to point to your co-workers in the lunchroom in the shop in the back of work Uh, in the car, wherever you drive. Let the light shine. And these are four parts that we get to control. The brightness or the intensity, the distribution, the color and the movement. 
And I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet with me this morning as we close with one last scripture. And I'm just going to invite you as we sing this in a moment just to draw nearer to God than you've ever been in a while. Say, Lord, I just want to be where you are. As we close, here's what it says. James chapter 1, verse 17. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. And our God never changes and He never casts a shifting shadow that'll move. He is the light of the world. His light shines for you so that you and I can now be the light of the world, to the world. And so again, we, we wrap everything up by the title of this sermon, Let's Light Up the World Together, Church. But to do that effectively, we have to have that light shining ever so bright. And so let's just take a few moments in His presence. I know we have so many things we want to jump to, but let's just take four more minutes and sing this song and say, God, all I want is to be where you are, God. Lord, let the light burn bright. Light the fire again, God. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing it today. Lead us, Abraham. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.